For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The reason this is going longer than we thought it might, there had been some talk at the outset of the session, uh, maybe get this thing done by St. Patrick's Day a week from tomorrow. That seems unlikely, and I guess the big reason here, you took that week off, that unanticipated week off, for a second week of budget hearings. Yeah, the, the folks in the House wanted to pump the brakes and take some more time to look at the budget, and uh, and so we took a, a little longer than expected time off, but uh, we're back at back to work now, and uh, we've got the amended budget um, uh, which has uh, come out of the House over the Senate in the conference committee. Uh, we should see the the, uh, the full 2021 budget coming out of the House, I think, today. Mm. And then it should start tracking our direction. Uh, in terms of the budget cuts, uh, and, and still some, at least on my part, maybe on the part of some of the folks who are listening here, it, it, confusion may not be the right word, but it's the one that comes to mind here, as to who is actually doing the cutting. Obviously, you folks in the House and Senate, and as the lieutenant governor, the head of the Senate there, uh, you folks have the final say on a budget. That's the one thing you're constitutionally compelled to do is balance and pass a budget. But some of these budget cuts uh, were supposed to have been handled at the department level the agency level here uh mr department head you handle the budget cuts Ex- explain the process yeah look uh, spending 28 billion dollars is is supposed to be a complicated process a difficult process uh as far as setting up the budgets because we want to make sure that we scrutinize every dollar spent uh and i think really what we're what we're sensing right now what we're going through is a modernization of the budgeting process just like many businesses all across this country and across the state look at new ways to modernize deploy technology data analytics um, kind of modernizing positions. Uh, that's really what we're watching play out here. And uh, it's a difficult process, but one that I think is continuing to get us to a position where we're, we're really spending uh, efficiently uh, the hard-paying, you know, hard-working taxpaying dollars. Seized on a word you used there, again, uh, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, you mentioned technology, and I know that has been a priority for you. Uh, you want to turn Georgia into something of a technology capital. Uh, where is that effort as we speak, and, and how far down the road are we, and how soon do we get there? Yeah, glad you brought that up, because, you know, of all the, the things we've talked about over the last three years of being in office for a year and campaigning for the job for two years, Becoming the technology capital of the East Coast seems to be the notion that excites folks the most all across Georgia. And it's something I don't want to just talk about. I want to earn the title. Uh, we've seen a number of big steps forward. Uh, we want to make sure that K-12 is educating our kids in a 21st century global economy. We want to make sure we've got workforce development opportunities that are nimble enough to help employers be able to bridge the gaps with uh, whether it be software or hardware or analytics or data. Uh, we, we think we can create jobs for multiple generations if we just really put this big this big notion forward that we can be the technology capital of the East Coast. But that means making sure that we've got a ripe environment for businesses and for education and for investment. We think we're taking big strides in that direction. Well, one of the things, though, that even as we discuss this, one of the things that comes up at certain parts of the state, and I happen to be from South Georgia, one of those parts of the state where it still can't get decent high-speed Internet access. I know there's been some legislative movement on that front, but some would say not nearly enough. Yeah, we took some big steps forward last year. We're looking to make sure that we continue on those efforts this year to make sure that all of Georgia is able to have access to high-speed Internet. 
think about being able to, uh, you know, go home from, you know, all of our schools are wired. Just imagine a student who's learning in a high-tech environment at school and then comes home, has no access to Internet. There's really no way to, to be able to push forward in this global economy or this global 21st century uh, educational process, if that's the case, or economic development. Uh, just imagine trying to, to task a rural community to, to add jobs or, or, or go out and seek new employers if they can't have access to high-speed Internet. And uh, so we're trying to make sure that we bridge that gap, whether, you know, the intersection of, of public and private partnerships, uh, we think there's an opportunity for EMCs and cable companies and private employers and the state to be able to all get together and continue to push that deep into the into the into the rural communities. Now, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan with us here. Uh, the health care issue continues to be uh, front and center. I know from the governor's perspective, yours as well, health care reform. Tell us about the Georgia Right to Shop Act. What is this? Yeah, look, healthcare is a big deal. Uh, I think that, unfortunately, for over a decade, we've been trying as a nation to make healthcare policy decisions based in partisan corners, and I don't think that I don't think that's the solution forward. We worked a lot last year, and we're working this year. Right to Shop allows uh, just the, the the average consumer to be able to to reach out to their insurance company to be able to understand what is the pricing structure of a particular service that they're looking to get amongst multiple providers, and also what does the quality look like. Because at the end of the day, we want our, our consumers of healthcare, all of our 11 million Georgians, to be able to know how much something's going to cost before they get home from the hospital. And they also want to be able to know what the, what the quality outcomes are. You know, instead of just asking your neighbor who did your knee surgery, we want to be able to have an opportunity to, to put your eyes on what actual outcomes look like over a long period of time and, and really allow the, uh, the, the patient to be the center of the universe around healthcare. Well, you know, the president, as I understand this, did this nationally via executive order, or did something very much like this, uh, did this uh, transparency, price transparency uh, in healthcare and medication. Yes, it, yeah, and, and the neat part about it was I got an invite to stand right over his left shoulder uh, inside the White <laughs> House when he signed this over the summer. It was an incredible opportunity. But, yeah, look, this is a, this is a big deal. And, look, this is good politics, too, because 11 million Georgians, Democrats, and Republicans all agree in Georgia on the first two things around health care. They want more access. They want more affordability. Everything that we're trying to do in the Senate, uh, hopefully we can get across to the House, and the governor has been a huge friend of ours in health care reform, uh, is, is really focused on allowing more access and more affordability. Uh, going to be a vote, I understand, in the Senate this week, and again, we're talking with Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan here, a vote in the Senate this week's uh, special needs scholarships uh, to expand school choice options. Yeah, this has been a, a, a big, big uh, topic for us, and one I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, expanding this is, is an opportunity to do the right thing. And the unfortunate part is a, a few outliers have tried to make this a political topic. This, there's absolutely zero politics on this. If you're the parent or guardian of, of a child with a special need and your public school system doesn't currently have the opportunities or the resources to take that child to the next level, we simply want to give that family the opportunity to be able to navigate that child into a better situation. Uh, there should be zero politics played with this. Uh, I walk into the assumption that everybody thinks this is a good idea and we should get this to the governor's desk immediately. I mentioned this, too, as it relates to our schools and another piece of legislation. I don't know where it is or what the likelihood is here, but uh, this one I know will hit home for you as, as a, a D1 college athlete. I played professional baseball for a time. There's this idea legislatively to make it easier for homeschool students to take part in extracurricular activities, athletics as well, in our high schools. Some pushback, I understand it. Where are you on this and where is this legislation? 
Yeah, I've been very supportive of this. Um, I believe this is referred to uh, as the Tim Tebow rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, This just allows kids that are homeschooled to be able to have access to athletics. Obviously, athletics has been a big part of my life. I I was in the public schools growing up, but uh, I I was a huge supporter of this last year. Would love to see this bill pass and become a law. Uh, I know it's working through the veins of of several different committees in in the House and the Senate, Uh, but this is something that I think is just common sense, and if we allow you know, the opinion of 11 million Georgians, my guess, would be overwhelmingly to support something like this. I understand that the governor is kind of the point person. I'm going to be the face of the conversation as it relates to Georgia and the coronavirus issue. What's your understanding of how we're handling this question or this? I don't want to use the word crisis yet, but how do you understand? What's your understanding of how we're handling this? Well, I want to compliment Governor Kemp and his team. They've been in close communication. We've talked several times over over the weekend. I'm certain we'll talk a couple of times today. He's continued to give us very clear, concise updates. He's working very closely with the Trump administration and the CDC to make sure Georgians are armed with the facts and the data. Uh, you know, we can we continue to, to be in, a, uh, in an environment where it, uh, Georgians are at a low risk, but we're going to continue to monitor the situation, continue to pay attention to facts uh, and also the best practices. And uh, I can assure you that Governor Kemp is – is very much in tune with this, and it is a top priority for him and his staff. All right, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Dockin, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.